She was beautiful. She always had been, and she knew that. She was also quite vain. She spent much of her time staring into the mirror at her own reflection. Going to the market had been the best part of her week because she could share her beauty with others and revel in the glory of all those who stopped to stare. But that was then, before her husband's rage had taken her beauty, which eventually caused her to take her own life. He was very jealous and lost control when he caught her with another man. He had pulled his sword and ran it through the young soldier and tossed his limp body onto the floor. His rage was not appeased until he drew his dagger and sliced her from lips to ears on each cheek. See if anyone wants to steal my wife now, he snarled. She wore a scarf around her face to hide the scars, but her disfigured reputation could not be hidden. People shunned her and recoiled at the sight of her until one night she could take it no more. Climbing out of bed while her husband slept, she flung herself on the same sword that had taken her lover. Now she wanders the streets, a phantom seeking revenge, seeking to share her beauty and then her pain. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing the slit-mouthed woman, the ghost of a woman who was mutilated and who has come back to wreak revenge on the world. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Boom! Akihito exclaimed, causing the group to jump in fear. The woman hit her husband in the head with a bat, killing him instantly. Rumor has it she dumped his body into a river somewhere, for him to never be seen again. Sarah rolled her eyes and pushed his shoulder. That's obviously not true. Someone would have found his body eventually, considering she dumped it in a river. Akihito crossed his arms and scoffed. The group of friends were gathered in a circle on Yui's bedroom floor. They often gathered like this to hang out at night and to tell each other terrifying stories. But of course, sometimes those stories weren't very terrifying and were obviously fake. Like your story was any better, Sarah. Who would be scared of a witch at our age? Kosuke laughed. Sarah glared at him and pinched him in the side, causing him to yelp in pain. They all laughed at the childish exchange. I have a story I'd like to share. Yui spoke up after everyone calmed down. Akihito groaned in annoyance. Oh, come on, Yui. Everyone knows your stories are way worse than Sarah's. Not to mention they never make any sense. Hiro punched him in the arm and he winced. 
Give her a chance, Akihito. You never know. She might surprise you, he said, turning to Yui with a soft smile, letting his girlfriend know she could continue. Okay, well, this is actually a story that my mother told me when I was very little. Have you guys ever heard of Kuchisake Ana? They all looked around at each other, confused. None of them had heard of it before, though it did sound familiar. When my mother was young, my grandparents got a divorce and my grandfather left them, leaving my mother and grandmother to live on their own. A couple of years after the divorce, my grandmother met a man and caught an interest in him immediately. They'd go on dates, often in secret, so my mother wouldn't find out. One night, my grandmother was supposed to introduce my mother to her secret boyfriend. They were going to meet at a restaurant in town. They neared the meeting point, but came to an abrupt stop when my grandmother saw her boyfriend standing next to a beautiful, much younger woman in a surgical mask. The man was staring in awe at the woman. My grandmother gritted her teeth at the way her boyfriend looked at the woman, Sarah scoffed. Wow, your grandmother must have had terrible taste in men. The group laughed, but Yui remained serious. When they saw her face, they shut up immediately and let her continue. The man spoke. Hello there. Do you need something? The woman didn't reply. Instead, she took a step closer towards him. Am I pretty? She asked suddenly. My grandmother's grip on my mother's hand tightened at the question. Yes, yes, you are beautiful, the man smiled. My grandmother turned around, ready to leave but my mother continued to watch the exchange. The woman took her mask off, and my mother gasped, covering her mouth with her hand. The woman's mouth had been slit to her ears. Blood dripped from her lips as she spoke again. Am I still pretty? My grandmother heard my mother gasp and turned to look, just in time to see her boyfriend fall to the ground in terror. No, no, get away from me, he yelled at the woman. The woman reached into her coat and pulled out a pair of scissors. She fell towards the man and held him to the ground, carving his face with the scissors. My grandmother grabbed my mother's wrist and began to run in the opposite direction. My mother could still hear the man screaming in terror as they ran away. When they got home, my grandmother broke down into tears rushing to the phone and calling the police. Ever since that night, my grandmother had never looked at another man again. The room fell silent as Yui's story came to an end. All of them sat back in shock at her story. Shivers ran down Hiro's spine and he scooted closer to her, feeling spooked by the sudden atmosphere that had set in. I'm impressed, Yui. Kosuke was the first to speak up. But none of that could really be true, right? I mean, isn't your grandmother married now? Yui shook her head. Kosuke's cocky smile dropped. Then what about the police? Did they find his body? Sarah whispered. They did, apparently. When they found him, his face had been slashed. His mouth slid open all the way up to his ears and a single stab wound right into his heart. The room went silent once again. 
The silence lasted for a couple of minutes until Harold's phone began to ring, making them all jump again. He reached into his pants pocket and grabbed it. Shoot, my mom's calling. I'll see you guys later. He stood up and bent down to give Yui a kiss on her forehead before giving a wave to everyone else and leaving the room. He walked down the stairs and into the hall that leads to the front door, putting his shoes on. After tying the last knot in his shoe, he stood and twisted the doorknob, exiting the house. At some point, it had started raining, making the night even darker than it already was. He rushed towards the gate and swung it open, causing a loud creak to sound throughout the night. He grabbed the handles of his bike that had rested against the fence and sat on the seat getting ready to ride as fast as he could back to his house, which was only a block away. He pushed down on each pedal as hard as he could, hoping he would get home without being completely soaked in the rainwater. He made a sharp left onto his street, but as soon as he turned, a woman appeared in front of him. He yelled out and pressed down on the brakes as hard as he could, the front wheel of his bike hitting a crack in the sidewalk causing him to crash to the ground. He groaned and lifted himself up off the ground grabbing the handles of his bike once again and standing it upright. He looked up at the woman. What is wrong with you? Hero yelled. The woman said nothing, and after he got a look at her, his heart rate began to pick up pace. The woman had long black hair down to her back. She wore a black trench coat and a surgical mask covering her nose and mouth from Hero's view. Her eyes were beautiful and he could have gotten lost in them if he wasn't so terrified of her. It was terrible timing, especially after the story Yui had told him and his friends earlier. The woman tilted her head to the side and took a step forward. Harold dropped his bike on the ground and took a step back. It was strange that this woman was standing here in the middle of the night, calm, in the pouring rain, with no umbrella to shield her. I, I'm sorry, excuse me. Hero took off past her, picking his bike up off the ground and pushing it away from the woman. Once she was out of sight, he sat down on the seat, getting ready to press down on the pedal. Suddenly a voice could be heard beside him. Am I pretty? The woman asked, now standing right beside his bike, facing directly towards him. Hero remembered the story once again, and let out an awkward laugh. Did Yui put you up to this? No, she isn't capable of something like this. It was Sarah and Akihito, wasn't it? He stared at the woman waiting for a reply, but she just stood there staring at him. He rolled his eyes and scoffed. You know what? He laughed and then spit at her feet. No, you aren't pretty. You're hideous. But just as suddenly, he was caught off by a sharp pain in his stomach. He fell to the ground and groaned. He pressed his hand into his stomach and raised it to his face, his own blood dripping down onto his shirt. He watched with wide eyes as the woman hovered over him with a pair of scissors, his blood covering the metal. She reached down and stabbed into his face, and he screamed. He tried to push her away, but somehow she was stronger than him. He could feel the skin on his cheek being torn. The sound of it could be heard right in his ears. He screamed in terror, 
scratching at the woman's arms, but the scratches didn't even faze her. Hero's vision began to blur, and his screams turned into gurgles as the world began to get darker and darker, until all he could see was black. Did you guys hear that? Yui peeked out the curtain of her bedroom window. Moments before, she heard the sounds of a man screaming. Akihito and Kosuke sat on the floor watching a movie, while Sarah sat on Yui's bed playing with her phone. What, did you get scared by your own story? Sarah chuckled and stood up, walking over to the window, peering down the street and into the yard. If you're worried about your boyfriend, give him a call. I'm sure he's home by now. He probably rushed over there because of the rain. She shrugged and sat back down on the bed, leaning against the wall. Yui bit her lip and began to search for her phone. She found it lying on the floor. She picked it up and went into her contacts, pressing the call button next to Hiro's name. She listened as it rang and rang and rang. He didn't pick up. She tried again and still no answer. Instead, she decided to text him, asking him if he had made it home safe. She waited for five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes later and still no answer. No answer? Sarah asked, and Yui shook her head. Yui watched as Sarah's eyebrows furrowed, but they relaxed instantly after a moment. Maybe he was tired and went to bed as soon as he got home. I don't know. I just hope that he's okay. Yui sat down next to Sarah. Yui looked down at her hands and defeat, and Sarah wrapped her arm around her neck, giving her shoulder a gentle pat to reassure her. Yui looked up at her and gave her an appreciative smile before standing back up and checking the time on her phone. All right, you guys, it's midnight. You gotta go. Akihito groaned and Kosuke stood up, grabbing his arm in an attempt to drag him towards the bedroom door. Sarah also stood and began to gather her things. Akihito hit Kosuke's arm away and got up off the floor, grabbing his phone and walking out, Kosuke right behind him. Sarah followed behind them but turned back towards Yui to give her a hug. Hero will be okay, Yui. Don't worry too much, okay? Yui nodded and Sarah ruffled her hair before turning back towards the door and leaving, shutting the door behind them. Yui laid back on her bed and let out a big sigh. She couldn't get her mind off that story. She shook her head. Sarah said not to worry. She stood up and turned her bedroom light off. Moving the covers back, she then laid down on her bed and pulled the covers up to her chin. She slowly closed her eyes and began to doze off. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. 
With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Kuchisake Ona, or Slitmouth Woman, is a malevolent figure in Japanese urban legends and folklore. Japan has a substantial number of creepy ghost stories, but this one is an extra creepy one. This ghost legend may have some basis in fact. There once was a woman of unparalleled beauty who was married to a samurai. The woman was vain and full of herself and one day betrayed her husband and had a liaison with another man. The woman's samurai husband found out about the affair and became infuriated. In a fit of uncontrollable rage, he used his sword to split her mouth from ear to ear, giving her a Glasgow smile. Following the gruesome savage attack, he asked her, Who will think you are pretty now? After her death, the woman returned as a vengeful spirit. She appears at night to lone travelers on the road, covering her grisly mouth with a cloth mask, a fan, or a handkerchief. She is described as having long flowing black hair and pale skin, but other than her scar, is still beautiful. The slit-mouthed woman carries a sharp weapon, which may be a knife, a machete, a scythe, or a large pair of scissors. The original story of Kuchisake Ona comes from the Heian period of Japan's history, 794 to 1185 AD. The original tale was meant as a cautionary tale to remain faithful. But eerily enough, the ghosts began appearing in the early 1970s. The woman would ask the lone traveler if he thought she was pretty. If the victim answers yes, she pulls off her mask and reveals a red, blood-dripping, grotesque mouth. Then she asks in a grisly voice if they still think she is pretty. If her victim answers no or screams in terror, she slashes him from ear to ear in an imitation of her own mutilation. If he lies and answers yes a second time, she walks away, only to follow her target home and slaughter him brutally that night. An individual can survive an attack with Kuchisakeona by using one of several methods. In some versions of the legend, she will leave the potential victim alone if they answer yes to both of her questions. Though in other versions, she will visit the individual's residence later that night and murder the person while sleeping. Other survival tactics include replying to her question by describing her appearance as average, giving the individual enough time to run away. You can also distract her by giving or throwing money or hard candies, especially the kind of candy known as bekoame. It should be thrown in her direction and you should say the word pomade three times. Towards the end of 1978, a rumor circulated that an old woman in a farming family in the town of Yaotsu in Gifu Prefecture spotted a woman with the now notorious slit mouth standing in the corner of a garden. On January 26, 1979, the Gifu Prefecture newspaper ran an article in their weekly publication about the story and the legend spread and grew through repetition among the children of the area. As the story spread, there became different variations of her appearance and actions. Some described her as wearing a red coat and carried a sickle. 
Others claimed she could run 100 meters in six seconds. Six months after the release of the article, the rumor had spread nationwide. At the time, the number of students attending cram schools to pass entrance exams was increasing. Before, the cram school's rumors rarely spread between school districts. But when students gathered from different districts to study together, they would take the stories back to their own town. The students passed the stories on to relatives and friends in their districts, until more newspapers and even television stations began to pick up the story. The scary tale of Kuchisake Ona represented the kind of figures the children might encounter after leaving school. Cram school started in the evening and would be released later in the night streets. During the late hours, the children may see types of people they had never seen before. There were men and women roaming the nightlife on their way home from bars and entertainment jobs. This boosted the anxieties of the children and fed the myth of Kuchisake Ona. The parents and teachers hearing the children's stories and realizing their fears began to worry as well. They began to conduct patrols and arrange the children to return to their homes in groups. Police doubled up on patrols in case there really was a psycho woman out there cutting people up. As the summer holidays began to approach in 1979, the rumors began to die down, but it was too late. The terrifying image of the slit-mouthed woman had made its way in everyone's memories, establishing itself as a monstrous legend. Though there was no evidence to back up the panic, in 2007 a coroner found an obituary record about a woman who was chasing children around at that time. She was hit by a car and killed. In the 21st century, the internet gave life to urban legends. The speed at which stories could spread and cross international borders increased. As a result, the story of the slit-mouthed woman became known worldwide. In 2012, a haunted attraction was opened in the Gifu community, the city believed to be the origin of the urban legend. The attraction was a haunted house featuring the slit-mouthed woman. The haunted house was launched by six Gifu natives, using a vacant lot and an empty store in the shopping street. The attraction was said to bring new life to the avenue. Using the setting of the Shawa period, visitors chased Kuchisake Ona throughout the mansion as she abducted a little boy. The event was so popular that it received a lot of attention from around the country, and even sparked a revival in the town. People praised the smart usage of the urban legend that was born in their home prefecture. Whether the slit-mouthed woman ever exists or not, she made herself a staple in popular culture in and out of Japan. There are dozens of domestic movies about the monster, with the most popular being the 2007 movie Carved, The Slit-mouthed Woman. The movie is about the Kuchisake Ona resurfacing after an earthquake and possessing women around the city, controlling them and sending them to do her evil work. Kuchisake Ona has made appearances in Western movies as well. She made an appearance in the show Constantine, where she hangs out in the New Orleans bayou scaring the hell out of people. She has a large place in manga, appearing in almost every horror collection and Halloween special. She even has her own series, Kuchisake Ona Dinetsu, written and illustrated by Kanako Inuki. Of course, like most notorious monsters and legends, the ultimate proof of fame is their eventual appearance in video games. The Kuchisake Ona has made appearances in and influenced storylines for multiple games. But in October 2018, 
Steam, the online gaming platform, released a game just for her. Kuchisake Ona is a first-person horror-adventure game based on the Japanese myth. The gameplay focuses on storytelling and stealth to avoid Kuchisake Ona, also known as the Slit-Mouthed Woman. There are also some puzzles for the player to solve, making gameplay more various. Few people live to tell the tale after seeing the Slit-Mouthed Woman, but there are some stories from survivors. Once a boy named Chance encountered the terrifying spirit as he was taking a shortcut through the woods. His mother had warned him to stay away from the remote area, but he didn't listen. But he did know one thing, evil spirits could be banished by certain words. When Kuchisakeona stepped out from behind a tree and confronted him, he fell in terror, landing on his back. She gazed down at him and asked him her famous question. Am I pretty? As she removed her mask to reveal the horror beneath, Chance grabbed his cross necklace and channeled the devil's curse. I banish you to the shadow of death. I corrupt you to the netherworld from which no one has come from, into the dirt no being should ever cross. He had hoped she would just run away, but instead demonic hands rose from the dirt behind Kuchisake Ona and grabbed her legs pulling her into the earth. As she sank, she told Chance, I will be back, and I will tear you to pieces. Yui, Yui, wake up! Yui slowly opened her eyes, making eye contact with her mother. She groaned and stretched, moving up into a sitting position. She rubbed her eyes and turned her face. Her mother looked scared. What's wrong? Yui asked, turning her whole body so she was facing her mother. Her mother sat down on the bed next to her, grabbing her hand and giving it a gentle squeeze. It's about Hiro. He didn't make it home last night. Yui's heart sank. She felt like she was going to throw up. She had every right to worry about him last night. She should have walked him home. His mother called the police, and they found his body right down the road, her mother told her. Yui's hand creeped up to cover her mouth. She was trembling. She let out a heart-wrenching sob and hugged her mother, burying her face in her shoulder. A knock on the door sounded through the room. Yui's mother let out a gentle, come in, welcoming whoever it was into Yui's room. Yui slowly raised her head and watched as two police officers walked into the room. They questioned her about Hiro, asking if anyone had walked him home or if he was alone. Yui answered each question honestly, telling them that her friends were all in her room with her after Hiro left the house. Yui's body was still trembling, and tears still streamed down her face, but she worked up the courage to ask them a question. May I ask... What injuries did he have? The two men looked at each other and then looked back towards Yui. He had a single stab wound in his stomach, and his cheeks had been carved into a smile all the way up to his ears. The officer was interrupted by an elbow in his stomach from the other officer. The other officer smiled and gave Yui a gentle pat on her shoulder. Thank you for your cooperation. After that, the two officers left the room. Yui slowly looked beside her at her mother. Her mother's eyes were widened, 
her skin as pale as a ghost. Mother, what is it? Her mother looked at her and gulped. It was her. It had to be Kuchisakeona. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It had been two months since Hiro passed. Akihito's parents had been spooked by the murder and ended up moving away. Kosuke avoided Yui every chance he could get ever since he found out how Hiro was killed. Sarah was the only one who was stuck by Yui's side now, and Yui hasn't left her house since then. She is homeschooled now. Sarah still made the time to come see her after school, though. Sarah called Yui on her way home from school, telling Yui that she'd be late today because her father wanted her to run some errands for him. It took several hours because she had to take the bus to the other side of town. When she finally brought the groceries home and began to head to Yui's house, it was dark. Times like these really made her wish she had a bike. She would have to add that to her birthday list. She shivered. It was freezing. She rubbed her arms and her hands and picked up her pace, hoping to get to Yui's house as quickly as possible. Unlike Akihito's parents or Kosuke, Sarah didn't think that Kuchisake Ono was connected to Hiro's death. She never really believed in those kinds of things. She had forgotten all about the story that Yui had told that day. As she grew closer and closer to Yui's house, the cold sent chills down her spine. She could see the light from Yui's bedroom window and sighed in relief. She was almost there. What she didn't notice at first was the young woman that stood right in front of Yui's gate. As she got closer, she finally noticed her, her heart jumping out of her chest for a second. Yui, you scared the crap out of me. What are you doing outside? The woman turned her head towards Sarah and her eyes opened wide. Oh, sorry, ma'am. I thought you were my friend. Excuse me. Sarah tried to squeeze past the woman to open the gate, but was interrupted by her voice. Am I pretty? Sarah looked over towards her. She smiled and nodded. Yes, of course, you're beautiful, ma'am. She turned back towards the gate and pushed it open. She began to walk closer to the house but was again interrupted. Am I still pretty? Sarah turned towards the woman, then gasped. Her heart rate began to pick up at the side of the woman's mouth. The sight felt way too familiar, but she couldn't put her finger on it. Oh my God, are you okay? Should I call an ambulance? Am I still pretty? The woman asked again, this time tilting her head and taking a step forward. Sarah began to feel sick to her stomach at how calm this woman was with that kind of injury. Yes, you are. Now I'm going to call... She was cut off by her own scream of agony. 
A sharp pain in her left cheek quickly moved to the other side of her mouth, ripping into her right cheek. She grabbed the woman's wrist trying to stop her, but she had no luck. The woman ripped what Sarah now knew was scissors out of her face. Sarah fell back onto the ground and lost consciousness after hitting her head. Yui heard a scream outside and ran to the window. She watched as a young woman walked out of her yard and began to walk away. The young woman stopped and turned towards Yui's window. Yui's jaw dropped and she began to tremble. She felt sick. The young woman's mouth began to stretch even wider into a wider smile until the whole lower part of her face was gaping. Yui fell to the floor and covered her face with her hands, beginning to scream in terror. Her mother rushed in, peering out the window and seeing Sarah lying on the ground in their yard. She called the police. Sarah didn't survive. They searched the area for any suspects, but they found nothing. Yui covered her windows with newspapers the next day. She never left her room after that night. Every time she closed her eyes, she could still see the slit-mouthed woman's sickening smile. It haunted her mind every day. She spent her days staring out the window, watching and waiting for the woman with the sickening smile, knowing that if she left, she would be next. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts such as Unexplained Encounters, Tales from the Break Room, and Redwood Bureau. Tune in next week as we talk about the men in black, mysterious figures in suits that appear after UFO sightings. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>